Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello there, and welcome to It's an S-Pod Thing, the podcast revisiting every episode of S-Club 7's insane TV show. I'm Sophie Davis, and joining me on this journey from Miami to Spain will be a range of guests who may or may not have seen the show before. Either way, we're going to analyse it in more detail than anyone ever asked for. If you're an S-Club fan like me and remember watching the show, hopefully this podcast will bring it all back to you. So my guest on the podcast today is Jack Bernhardt. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining me. Uh, No, thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited to talk about this very strange show. Brilliant. So first of all, I'd like to know, what is your history with S Club 7? And have you ever seen this TV show before now? Uh, My history with S Club 7 is, I would say, uh, non-existent, I suppose. I know that there are seven of them. Uh, I could. I know Rachel Stevens. I remember Rachel Stevens very well. And basically, that's it, I would say. Uh, I'd kind of forgotten they had existed until this podcast came along again. Uh, and I've never, I've seen maybe five minutes of this show. I feel like I've, I must have seen like a couple of, when I was growing up, I must have seen like maybe five minutes or so here or there. And remember thinking, this is very strange. And then not watching anymore. That's, that's fair enough. I don't blame you for <laughs> flicking through the channels and going, what the hell is this? And then quickly I, moving on. I really regret not watching it now. Like looking back on it, I'm like, oh, this would have been, this could have formed so much of my personality so many strange aspects to this show that i'm so excited to talk about uh but yeah it's it's um i think at the time i was just like this is too freaky what's going on yeah we were talking on on twitter about how there was a bermuda triangle episode and i think for every child who watched it that was like an introduction to the concept of the bermuda triangle so it does kind of form you as a child really these weird episodes like how important is that for all children to learn about the bermuda triangle through the medium of s club seven that's entirely (laughs) necessary i would say um very few shows like at the time and even now i would say interact with the concept of the bermuda triangle it never really comes up anymore yeah it's like um quicksand that used to be a big thing as well and you don't really hear about it so much as an adult quicksand was a huge i thought that my life would be as an adult would be I would I would interact with quicksand maybe three times a day surely at least once a week and I haven't I haven't got into quicksand once I'd say haven't encountered quicksand haven't been through the Bermuda Triangle there's another episode as well where they go back to the 50s accidentally because their car (laughs) just sends them there I was gonna say they seem to travel through time quite a lot 
Yeah, but then you'll get an episode where they travel in time and then in the next episode they'll be like just having an argument over something like a chore around the house. Like it's a very varied show. You'd think that that would sort of like scar them for life. They'd be like talking about this chore and then one of them would go like, guys, we literally traveled through time last week. We should talk more about that. Yeah, it all just sort of brushes off them. (laughs) Like they have these crazy (laughs) adventures and then they're just kind of like, oh, that happened, I suppose. Let's never talk about it again. (laughs) <laughs> i think that's probably the best way otherwise you'd go mad surely if you had a memory for all of the bizarre things they they went through you'd 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 you wouldn't be able to function yeah it's like a, a coping mechanism they're yeah. just deliberately their brains have just wiped it <laughs> so today we're we're talking about hollywood seven episode two which is called dosh and it aired on cbbc on the 4th of october 2001 and it starts off with a bit of a curveball. We get this opening scene that's like a Western and there are all these cowboys shooting each other. And it turns out to be a show at Universal Studios. And yeah. we then, after that scene, we just sort of cut to something completely different. And knowing this show as I do now, I was watching it for the first time the other day and I just kind of accepted it and was like, oh, okay, that happened. <laughs> like, I just fully expected it to not come up again. But to be fair, it does get picked up again. I'm glad it gets picked John. up again. Because I, I remember thinking at the time, as, as it happened, I was like, oh, okay. Because like, it starts with a with a uh, female cowboy, cowgirl, telling a thief to sort of come back with the town's money. And then he shoots her. Like, he shoots her and she, to all intents and purposes, dies. Like, she falls mm-hmm. off a roof and falls, like, crashes onto the floor. And then she gets up and then goes like, aha, I'm not dead and I'm going to kill you. And then kills the thief. And it is, like, I was think- watching this thinking, like, this is a show for, what, like, 10-year-olds? We've yeah, had two, two, two effectively murders within the first... <laughs> 30 seconds it's it's rough yeah people were probably watching it at the time thinking wait is this the s club seven show if i got the wrong time here is, is this is this the cowboy murder show i can't remember because <laughs> they do they sort of do a little bow don't they and yeah. there's an audience and john is kind of like front and center in the audience enjoying himself having a clap none of the yeah. rest of the band are with him he's just there on his own it's so odd because he he is just i i couldn't work out and he said, yeah, he says later on, that's Universal Studios. It didn't look like Universal Studios. It looked yeah. like the cheapest, like, Western in the world. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't work out why he was just there on his own. Yeah, because it comes up later that, spoilers, he, uh, he fancies the woman in the show. So has he just been turning up, like, every day just to kind of pervert her, basically? That, that was a little bit odd, that idea that he would turn up every day and watch the same show. <laughs> Because they, because don't they sort of go like, oh, have you been off to Universal Studios again? And he's like, yeah, just, just watching Annie Oakley shoot the gun again. Yeah, because we we see him watching it again later as well, and he's like, it's the exact same show with the same stunts and everything. Yeah. And there's the cut to his face, and he's reacting as if he's watching it for the first time. <laughs> he she loves falls it. off the thing, and he's like, ooh, what's going to happen? Maybe she won't get up this time. <laughs> Like yeah, and and he at the end they get their autographs, don't they? There's a bit where John sort of goes and like gets the autograph of. I think this is in the, a montage later on. And I was thinking like, who who gets the autograph of people who have worked at Universal Studio? I can't work that out. Yeah, because it's not like Disneyland where they're all like the characters and yeah. stuff, is it? It's just some people it's in just, a show. And at... the, the, 
they're, a very they're cheap looking Universal Studios. Yeah, a place that is clearly not Universal Studios. You're like, well, this is this is a very. I mean, the one thing that is truly remarkable about that show is the way that the male cowboy spits. It's really gross. <laughs> Like there's a bit where where because she's like drop your gun he goes and he spits and it's horrible it's one of the most disgusting things I've seen it's worse than like them being shot um and like I suppose if I saw someone spit that graphically I would be like yeah that's pretty impressive I might need that person's autograph in the future uh, <laughs> for reasons of fame I suppose but um yeah like it it's a very odd and quite convoluted i mean i i I take it this is basically everything of having listened to a few other episodes this sounds (laughs) as you say very par for the course like a nonsense beginning that um (laughs) that fortunately has some kind of tie back to the episode this time yeah presumably john has gone at some point with the rest of the band and then he's just returned every day alone and got i got her autograph every day and she's like okay what are you doing here like because we, do, we don't even see the bit where he's like wow you were really good and let's go out for a date they just suddenly like start i want to know what that conversation was where she was like um why have you come to this show 20 times <laughs> why are you spending all of your money coming to watch me because yeah all that happens is we hear him say i've got a date with annie oakley and it's like we didn't we didn't actually see him ask her out yeah they probably realized that would be awkward and they were just like <laughs> oh that can happen off screen but i mean i i because i really want to know how you even broached that conversation because surely if i was if i was annie oakley i'd be like i do not want anything to do with this guy who has come to see me <laughs> 20 times constant like he's come to see me die effectively 20 times very strange (laughs) so after that weird opening scene uh we go to the apartment where hannah is telling joe and paul that she's really fed up and paul asks how she can possibly be fed up when she's been asked out by matt from safeways (laughs) (laughs) second mention of safeways in this show it's come up once before it was clearly like the big supermarket of the era (laughs) Safeway, but then do they have Safeways in in Hollywood? Are that Hollywood Safeways? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound very Hollywood. Does it? Yeah, it sounds it sounds a bit yeah like like rural England. I would think I'd forgot because I'd forgotten about Safeways. That's such a nineties reference. Yeah, and her problem really is that she's this glamorous Hollywood lifestyle. She's been asked out by someone from Safeways, and she's also been asked out by someone from the gas station. And her problem <laughs> is that she doesn't know which one of them to go out with. And <laughs> Joe advises her to go out with the one who's the best looking uh great advice for the kids watching there joe's kind of like oh at least if he's an idiot you've got something to look at she says that in such an aggressive way as well she's like <laughs> she, i mean i i take joe is joe seems like a very aggressive person in this show but she's like at least you've got something to look at like okay chill out joe it's you know we're just we're just we're, just, we're talking about snogging it's it's fine don't you just just relax it's cool yeah joe is ready to kick off at any moment i think there's a moment later where Tina's complaining that someone's been mean to her and Joe is immediately on her feet like what have they been saying to you like she's uh, <laughs> kicked someone's head in like please Joe we just, just please calm down it's not worth it Joe <laughs> chill out yeah and, and Hannah with, with her first world problem says one of these guys looks like Matt Damon and the other looks like Nicholas Cage Nick Cage and, yeah and she says as well that she likes both of them but she's personally always preferred sean connery i mean oh. can you tell this was written by a middle-aged man 
like who who do the girls like <laughs> they like matt damon nick cage and a at this point 70 year old man <laughs> those are the those are the three people they like and also because then paul sort of draws attention to it is it paul is that his name yeah okay good because i i had written him down as the other one because i'd gotten everyone else's name and i was like i was very happy and then I'd that forgotten. is fair he is very much the other one um but <laughs> He says, uh, "Problem solved. Do you want to you want to date with my granddad?" Which is like he yeah. sort of draws attention to the fact that Sean Connery is a very old man, and it's strange that Hannah, a what? How old is she? She must be under twenty. Like twenty? No. Oh, yeah. It's so odd. That whole bit is so so weird. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. believe they made Hannah Spirit say that <laughs> she fancies <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> and I mean, in fact, I think Hannah is the best actor of all of the people like yeah i like hannah she's she's comfortably she she has jokes and she tells them really really well everyone else seems to struggle a little bit with jokes but she sort of she she sold that line and it's only now that we're talking about it that i realized that it was a very odd line and a bad line for her to say but (laughs) at the time i guess i fully believed that hannah wanted to date sean connery sure that's how good an actress she She can convince us This conversation's also confusing. I didn't notice this until I watched it the second time, but the two guys they're talking about are actually called Matt and Nick. Yes. And they happen to look like Matt Damon and Nick Cage. So I was thinking, is it actually them? Like, is Matt Damon doing research for a role at Safeways and Hannah just doesn't realise it? What's really weird is that they... Because I I heard this as well, and I was like, this is such a confusing thing to say. But he says that (laughs) Nick looks like Matt Damon and Matt looks like Nick Cage. Oh god, I didn't even notice that. This is Wait, so confusing. But that's just so needlessly confusing. It's like, <laughs> oh, because and then then you sort of want it to be like Face Off, where Matt Damon is doing a role <laughs> where he has to act like Nick Cage at a Safeway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and Matt is doing a role for yeah the other way around. Uh, that's the remake I want to see. <laughs> I would definitely, definitely watch that. So yeah, Rachel chips in and makes it even more confusing because she's like oh you should choose matt because he's the better snogger and hannah's just like oh okay cool like completely unfazed by the fact that rachel has clearly already got off with both of these men also how few men are there in los angeles where like (laughs) rachel has to go and have a date with two people who are that hannah is also going on a date with it's so odd yeah, and really like aiming high, like going out with the people who work at all the local shops and gas stations. <laughs> well, she's had to work her way through. Yeah, it's um, it is Hannah's reaction is particularly odd as well because I thought her reaction would be, "Oh, forget it, I won't go out with either of them." But it said it's like, "Okay, cool, good snogger." On <laughs> board. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> Thanks for the advice, Rachel so odd yeah it's bizarre and rachel there's like a running theme throughout this opening bit that everyone is feeling quite fed up Mm -hmm. rachel is fed up because she's been invited to a party again first world problem she's been invited to a party but she's upset because she's got nothing to wear so she kind of takes joe and paul to her wardrobe and i love how they react as if they've never seen it before like they all live in this one apartment together yeah and they're like what this is your wardrobe it's massive it is like and then surely when you were dividing rooms you all got to see these wardrobes in these places like how how do these people interact with each other what do they how do they talk to each like do they go into each other's rooms do they not <laughs> know what it's it's a very strange setup i don't quite understand 
because also she says like i don't have enough clothes and she clearly has loads of clothes and the joke is oh but i don't have a clothes because these are all last month's clothes um yeah it it's weird because the theme of this episode is money and how they've just come into money um like because they they later on will get like an advance for how much they seem to be making at this point so they can suddenly spend all their money but like in order to buy those clothes that were last month's clothes she must have spent a lot of money so where did that money come yeah. from? Don't, I mean, I, I know <laughs> I know the whole metaphor of this show is don't think about it too much, but like, if you think about it too much, it all falls apart. Yeah, I think there's seven characters to think about, so they, they think about it very, like, surface <laughs> level. <laughs> like, can't possibly think about the backstory of everyone's problem in this episode. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a walk-in wardrobe isn't it and bradley kind of emerges out of all the clothes screaming and he claims he was going through rachel's jeans trying to find some change sure you were bradley (laughs) first he claims that he was looking for the fantastical world of narnia yeah i think he's buying time there. i think he's (laughs) trying to come up with a better excuse i mean then the second excuse is yeah going through the pockets for for change but like he's he's working his way through like different excuses bradley i mean (laughs) it's that whole like that whole bit is very creepy and weird because also bradley doesn't need to come out of like the closet screaming at that point (laughs) yeah they've clearly interrupted something yeah but he could just kind of be like oh hey guys what's up and try and like sneak out but that's so that's so weird because yeah we don't want to think about what bradley was doing in there obviously we don't want to think about that yeah apparently there's a girl he fancies called chloe who we've never met and probably never will she doesn't appear in this episode i'm I'm willing to bet she doesn't come up again uh (laughs) but he wants to save up some money so he can take her out on dates yeah and yeah joe says that he that chloe's already got a boyfriend again it's really confusing she says oh he's she's going out with a lifeguard who looks like will smith (laughs) and paul makes a a comment that's weirdly kind of self-aware for this show where he goes oh what happened to the good old days when people just look like themselves like referring to the whole matt damon nick cage thing from a few minutes ago that bit was so like philosophical i sort of was like ah when people just (laughs) look like themselves this nostalgic time when we all looked like ourselves i couldn't quite at that sent my brain into a loop for a couple of seconds i couldn't focus on the rest (laughs) of the show i had to sort of think about that for a while i was like yeah what did happen to the good old days when we all looked like ourselves very weird Paul does talk some absolute bullshit in this episode. It, it does feel like Paul was desperately trying to find some reason to be in this conversation. Like Paul was <laughs> Paul was fully aware that he shouldn't be in Rachel's uh, wardrobe as well. Like it's it's kind of fine that Joe's there, I suppose, to help pick out clothes, but there's no reason that Paul needs to come with. Um, yeah, he's just gone along for the ride. He's just gone along for the ride. So as soon as they said the lifeguard who looks like Will Smith, he was like, ah, oh, I can say something that sounds clever but it's actually complete bullshit. <laughs> That's pretty much Paul's vibe in this episode. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really not enjoying Paul in this series. I-, I know obviously it's not him, it's the way he's been written, but he wasn't really this bad before. He he seems to have become very kind of smug and smarmy. And he, oh, well, we'll get into later the kind of stuff he's saying about how much they're all being paid. Oh, but yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not gross. a fan of Paul here. Paul, Paul in this episode, I mean, Paul across the whole thing does seem to be very like, yeah, I can't quite get what his point is. I mean, as you say, mm-hmm. there are seven people and it's quite hard to juggle seven uh, like storylines for any, you know, in any one 
show it's quite hard to like find a reason for seven characters to interact but i had no reason for paul being here apart from being smarmy and weird yeah his purpose in this episode is just to talk absolute rubbish basically (laughs) so yeah bradley's complaining that he's fed up we then hear tina who's in another room say that she's fed up as well but it's i had to watch this a few times because it's so weird her voice has clearly been added in later and it doesn't sound like she's shouting from another room it sounds like there's just a disembodied voice (laughs) like (laughs) like one of the because at first i was like who's talking like one of the girls is clearly talking and not moving her her lips but it's apparently tina in one of the living room but and also we've already had bradley come out of the the closet somewhere like he's already yeah, jumped she out in there the as well that's what i thought it was going to be that she would turn up and go i'm fed up as well and i've been in here looking for narnia too but instead she's in another room yeah i i i think i'd written down a lot of things where i was like that doesn't make sense and as the episode goes on i'm just like okay fine we're just gonna have to accept that <laughs> these are strange things we just have to deal with it it's fine this ain't no wardrobe this is more like a shopping mall look at the amount of clothes you've got in here Oh, yeah, but they're also last month. I need a new outfit. But I can't afford one, and without one, I can't go to that party. Hey, what's up, guys? Bradley, what are you doing in my wardrobe? Me? What, in your... Oh, I was just looking for the magical land of Narnia, yeah. Mm, funny. I don't know. I was going for your jeans. I thought I might find some change. Bradley! But I found these instead. Oh, thanks. You know I'll pay you back. I just need some money. You know Chloe from the beach cafe? She's the kind of girl that likes fancy restaurants and all that. So I thought I'd save up enough money until I could take her out to one. Don't you think you should wait until she splits up with her boyfriend? She's just started going out with Steve the lifeguard. Who? What, the one that looks like Will Smith? Mm. I'm so fed up! What happened to the good old days when people just looked like themselves? So fed up! Oh, a theme is emerging. The ADR in this episode is very bad. The additional dialogue that they recorded. There's some yeah. t- Tina seems to get a lot of bad ADR bits. Yeah, there's a bit later on where they're sort of walking down the road with cars <gasps> in front of them, and they've like left in a bit. Or I don't know if this was a if it was ADR. I don't know why they did it for this reason, but Hannah like stumbles over the line, and they've yes. just kept it in. And also, she's not that it's out of sync with her vo- with her voice. So they yeah. clearly re-recorded it and then said, "Can you stumble a bit?" And then Hannah isn't either isn't very good at ADR or which I wouldn't say because Hannah is great at everything as we know. Hannah is the best one. Like the, the it, yeah, it's weird. They kind of like convolutedly create some stumbling in a scene that didn't need stumbling. Didn't really need dialogue. That whole scene, very weird, very bizarre. So at this point, they go through to the living room to see Tina. She's annoyed because she wants to join a dance studio, but it's mm-hmm. really expensive. John joins in at this point and says he wants to buy an annual pass for Universal Studios. <laughs> Some context at this point. And, and, and everyone's like, cool, that's normal, fine, yeah. For that, for that woman you're stalking, great, yeah, go, for, go nuts. <laughs> that's his main goal at the moment, he just wants to buy. Presumably he's just buying daily tickets, I don't know what the difference yeah, really is. He's, like... he's probably thinking, I need to save some money here. If I get like an annual pass, I'll be, I'll be laughing. And then, yeah, as soon as he gets the annual pass, he gets he immediately seems to get a date with her. So yeah. well, I don't understand what the difference is there. Has, has she been impressed with the fact that he's got an <laughs> annual pass for the theme park? I mean, also, if she's dating him, then surely she can be like, you know, I can get you into the show for free. You don't need to be buying all these tickets. <laughs> yeah, he's wasted his money. Yeah. He'd be like furious at that point. 
this money that they have they but they this bit is so weird because they spent like what feels about 20 minutes but was clearly actually five minutes like explaining why they all need money so i was sort of thinking okay they all need money so now they need to find some money okay this is going to be like them you know they're going to be struggling to get money so they got to get jobs they've got to get something that will allow them because that gives them their motivation and instead like the post comes and (laughs) it's just uh, like is it uh, it's either hannah or someone just turns up and goes like oh cool we've got loads of money We've got yeah. loads of money now from from like our advances from our record deal. It's like, oh, okay, well, making the whole fu- like last five minutes kind of irrelevant. Yeah, the money just sort of magically turns up in the post. It's like yeah. adv- advance checks from their management company. And yet Hannah reacts like she was expecting it, like, oh, it's our advance checks. So surely they yeah. all knew it was coming. They've all just been having a whinge for no reason. They, they, because they, they could, should have been like, I'm so fed up. I need to buy some clothes and I'll be able to buy clothes when my advance comes in. That's, <laughs> that's what that should have been. And Bradley should have been like, oh, I, I need to impress this girl and I'll be able to impress her when I have some money from the advance when it comes in. Ah. <laughs> oh infuriating i love how when they get the money paul just goes now all of our problems are solved (laughs) bless him it was yeah that was a it's a particularly good bit of like ah be careful what you wish for kids and also that it yeah as i say like it made the whole last five minutes irrelevant so i was like oh great thanks paul thanks for pointing out how pointless this whole like five minutes has been ugh yeah, we we get a montage now of them spending oh. all the money, and oh, the yeah, we've montage. already est- we've already established what some of, some of them have got planned. Rachel goes to get some new clothes. Yep. Uh, John goes to Universal Studios, <laughs> and there's a, a, a shot where he like gets his little pass and sort of looks at it really sincerely, like <laughs> I've made it. <laughs> this is it this is the the pinnacle of my life i'll get to watch this girl over and over again for slightly cheaper than i was before ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tina joins the dance studio, which we yeah, find we... out is called. Well, did you did you spot what the name of it? I was? did, I did. Daddyo Dance Studios was that it? Yeah, and it's in a lovely bit of Comic Sans as well. <laughs> Daddyo. Oh, the idea also that you would see that dance studio as Tina with Comic Sans uh, font, and it's called Daddyo Dance Studios, and be like, I got to go there. That's got to be where I go get my dancing from. Oh, Tina, have some higher standards. I think, didn't she say it was like $600 to join as well? It's clearly some sort of scam. Oh, massively so. No one, <laughs> no one's using Comic Sans for something that costs $600 and it's not a scam. <laughs> and um, Bradley is looking at cars initially because I guess he wants to buy something that's going to impress this mysterious girl. So he's this looking at cars clear, yeah. to begin with and he settles on buying some fancy rollerblades. 
that that is one of those really like like shoot for the moon and get a very worse version of that like i want some wheels so i'll get a car no i won't get a car i'll get some rollerblades (laughs) (laughs) did you see what hannah was doing yeah this is bizarre because she hasn't really mentioned anything about money so far so we don't know what her sort of um problem is that needs to be solved and she's decided to spend it all in a pet shop And I like how at one point she's just like holding a random child's hand looking at some fish. Okay. Who, who I, is that? I have a theory about this, but I'll say it later on because it becomes relevant later on. But yeah, I saw the little girl and pointing at some fish for no reason. And then then Hannah later on has lost the little girl and just has like a mouse on her arm. Yeah. And is and I don't, it might be a plastic mouse in real life, but like Hannah is kind of prodding it and going like, oh, what a great little mouse. They shouldn't let you do that at pet shops, right? Like no matter yeah. how, no matter how much money you have or you say you have, you can't just go and put a mouse on your arm. And it doesn't really go with the kind of, oh, glamorous, let's buy some clothes, let's yeah. buy a car, let's let a little <laughs> mouse crawl around all over my arms. I love that that is what Hannah thinks is like the height of sophistication. <laughs> and then they clearly ran out of ideas because Paul is also clothes shopping and he's looking, yeah. again, he's the other one. He hasn't got a specific thing. He's There's just nothing kind of, going on with him. Yeah, he's looking at a nice selection of Hawaiian shirts. Um <laughs> And the, the only one we don't see spending any money is Joe, and that's because we find out later she's uh, saving hers for a rainy day. She's decided to be sensible, and yeah. she's put it under her mattress, unlike the others who've just like all gone mad with power. But she she's she's very like smug about the way she talks about this. Like she's yeah, throughout so, the whole like, episode, she's kind of like, mm, maybe money isn't the answer to all our questions. <laughs> like like as as everyone else is doing like nice things and like buying nice things jesus like oh yeah you enjoy that because you know at some point this will come crashing down over our heads and i'll have the money and you won't (laughs) it's like way to bring everyone down joe jeepers yeah she doesn't have much faith in the future of the band she thinks she's gonna need that cash (laughs) so rude because there is a bit there's a bit where like tina says like joe we are gonna make it we're good and joe goes no we're not and you think oh wow okay this is like a moment of real sincerity and like like clarity that the s club think they're actually quite mediocre and then joe just goes we're much better than good it's like okay (laughs) well okay if, if that's the case then shouldn't you spend money on you know anything like like, are you not gonna eat joe oh it's so odd yeah again i'm not sure what joe's main interest would be she's always been into cars in this show in the past so i'm surprised she doesn't buy a car as soon as she gets some money yeah you'd think that would be the thing to do maybe she went along with bradley and then when bradley was like i'm not gonna buy a car i'm gonna get rollerblades instead she was like okay fine forget it i won't spend my money at all i'm going to the (laughs) beach and running about yeah this the song that's playing during the montage is it's all right and yeah we get various shots of joe singing on the beach when it's john's bit in the song there's a a shot where he's like crawling out of the sea (laughs) which i enjoyed (laughs) like that picture of the uh of shame coming out of uh, the well it's like john coming out of the sea it's so odd. and also because up until this point john has been at universal studios so clearly yeah. joe was like john can you get over here i need someone to crawl out of the sea for this particular bit in a song <laughs> and he's like okay I'm, I'm dating annie oakley but i'll i'll come over and jump into the sea and then crawl out <laughs> very strange oh i'm gonna i'm gonna make a gif out of that it's a good shot <laughs> <laughs> 
so after this spending spree, they all meet up again in the cafe. Yeah. Uh, Rachel goes, money's the best thing ever. And Tina's like, that's so true. That's so on the nose, that bit. And also, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, because you can always see like Joe burning like daggers into her into the back of rachel's head when she says that like oh you're gonna get such a come down soon let me tell you um yeah the money's the best thing ever who's who writes that (laughs) who writes that and thinks that's good enough for rachel stevens to say unbelievable yeah tina is talking about how she's got her first dance class tomorrow which is confusing because in the montage we saw her going to the studio in dance clothes and hanging out with people afterwards like coming out yeah, because la- later she's complaining about how everyone's really rude, isn't she? And that goes yeah. against what we've just and I was, seen. Because I, I was like, I just saw you go in and you seemed fine. You were fine with those people. Like, what happened in between episode, like in between dance lesson number one and dance lesson number two? Come on, I mean, come on, Tina. And I, I did. I really laughed at this bit where John says he's got a date, and Hannah goes, "I've got my fish." <laughs> that was cute that was cute i mean again poor hannah poor hannah with nothing else going on in her life except a mouse running up her arm and her fish (laughs) that's me seeing people on facebook like getting married and having babies and i'm just like i've got my fish i've got my fish though (laughs) (laughs) i love hannah (laughs) hannah's brilliant isn't it amazing how nice shop assistants can be when you've actually got money to spend money is the best thing ever that's so true i've got my first dance class at the studio tomorrow afternoon yep and i've got my date with annie oakley I've got my fish. And I bought a large fiberglass board with a tail fin, and it's really quite tubular. And Bradley's got... Oh! Concussion. Bradley! Uh, Paul, again, it's kind of... I can't think of the right word. Paul's superfluous. Surfing. Yeah, he's like... It's just so superfluous what he's been up to, because we saw him looking at shirts, and now he's saying that he's bought a surfboard, yeah. which he describes as tubular <laughs> <laughs> it's such resignation in his voice there where he's like i suppose the only way you could describe it is tubular <sighs> <laughs> don't think anyone british should be allowed to say that oh absolutely not we it, it should turn to ash in our mouths bradley arrives on his rollerblades immediately yep. crashes and john gets in a little bit of a satire here he says oh it's lucky bradley has got some money considering the cost of medical bills here yeah i was i was kind of surprised by that i, I laughed quite hard at that or not laughed i was sort of like mm-hmm, very good satire uh that was that was impressive well not impressive <laughs> Just I mean, watching hollywood seven going hmm, very good satire yeah, there. very good satire yeah I've, I've got very little going on in my life right now so that was that was definitely the the high point of yesterday and there's a running joke in this scene, which I didn't, it took me a while to get to grips with, where Rachel leaves the table a few times, and each time she comes back, she's wearing a different outfit. And I think the problem for me was that, I think the joke would be a bit more noticeable if there weren't seven people in the scene to look I, at. I legitimately didn't notice that. Yeah, I only noticed it when she comes back one time, and Joe kind of goes, oh, another one, stop doing that. And I was like, wait, what? And I rewound it and was like, okay, every time she comes back to the scene, she's wearing a different outfit. But when there's like seven people to look at, you don't care. You just don't notice. 
like what i mean one of them's got a surfboard the other one's wearing rollerblades i i like i can't keep up with it i'm sorry i'm not going to notice a different change of outfit um <laughs> yeah she i i can i thought she was talking about a drink when she turned up again i was like joe seemed to be very much like another drink and i you know it's like it's it's a soft drink not alcoholic but i thought that, that was what joe was saying i did not get that joke at all wow it's, okay, this, it's clearly, clearly too subtle for us yeah i i like my satire to be sharp and obvious <laughs> yeah if it was like two people i think we would have noticed but because there's seven of them you do not notice <laughs> someone changing into a different sort of early 2000s outfit every few minutes if it was like fancy dress i would have noticed i think that would yeah i, I mean that would be a different story though i suppose wouldn't it that that rachel spent all of her money on fancy dress that would make it more interesting if the party she was going to was like a costume party because that would be an excuse to buy some new clothes yeah and also you would be like well i can't wear any of these clothes because these are all out of date fancy dress items they're all jokes about y2k but also what is this party she's going to why has none of the other band members been invited how long is this day this day has yeah. been going on the whole episode and she's like i've got this i've still got this party tonight i'm like surely the party was months ago at this point so much has <laughs> happened in this day it's so bizarre because like also in this show in general they don't really have friends outside of each other so who yeah. is this person that's invited her to a party and no, no one else from the band yeah i don't know and we don't know if she even goes what uh, we i mean i assume it was one of matt or nick from the safeway or the gas station maybe yeah she can give one of them a call <laughs> yeah and be like look do do you care if uh if i wear something that isn't from last uh, th- that's from last season they'd be like absolutely not all my friends <laughs> at the gas station care a lot about fashion and you've got to look really cool so th- they're all pretty happy about their purchases and we get yeah. a big turning point now because paul casually mentions that he got five thousand dollars and mm-hmm. rachel is like what do you mean? I only got 3000 And it turns out everyone in the band has been paid different amounts. I mean, this was very dodgy. This whole this whole episode plotline for me was like, <laughs> oh, well, this shouldn't happen at all. Like, because it, 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 they sort of point out that the girls got paid like 3000 4000 and the boys all got 5000 apart from John, who got 7000 yeah and it's like what i mean the discrepancy there is ridiculous that means that like rachel is being paid literally half of what john is being paid and they're all doing the same i mean obviously it's a it's a wider comment about sexism but the answer seems to be that it's good yeah first they're like oh the boys have been paid more than the girls that's ridiculous and then we find out that it's because of a focus group where these kids are basically judging everyone in the band and so they're all being paid according to how popular they are which has still worked out that the three boys are more popular than the four girls I, so and, and at that point you should change your focus group i'm sorry if you if your focus group is telling you that you should pay hannah three thousand pounds and john seven thousand pounds <laughs> you've got a bad focus group because at first they're all like, oh my god, that's really sexist. And then they find out the real reason why they're being paid different amounts. And it's like, it's still sexism. Yeah, it's weird how they seem to just go like, oh yeah, fair enough. It's a focus group. It's like, yeah, but it's a sexist focus group. <laughs> it's okay to say, yeah. Oh, so yeah, because at first when they're, yeah, when it first comes up at the cafe, 
They obviously figure out the boys have been paid more than the girls. Tina says it's unfair and sexist. Good for her. And Paul yep. goes, no, it's not, and comes out with the biggest load of rubbish I've ever heard. He says, the boys are the heartbeat of this band. I mean... Absolute who, nonsense. What kind of body requires those three boys to be the heartbeat? I have no idea. That that bit made me furious. And also because it's kind of... It's sort of... It's very weird because it's kind of both sides both siding the argument if that makes sense like because tina's point is this is sexist and bad and it seems like paul is presenting like ah, actually you know you could potentially say that actually the boys are the heartbeat and that's why we get paid more it's a different point of view it's like no it's a it's a sexist point of view like, yeah and he says it so sincerely like he's clearly thought about this before like he's always yeah. thought that the boys are the heartbeat of the band <laughs> like like finally i've been given reason to say my great fact and theory that i've had that the boys are the heartbeat but it's never really like challenged it's not it's sort of it's only when like john says i get paid seven thousand that that paul says oh this is really unfair but like that general consensus that the boys are the heartbeat of the band it seems to sort of just like it seems to like flow through the rest of the episode it's very strange yeah because paul brings up again later he's basically fine with the fact that the boys are paid more than the girls but he's really annoyed about the fact that john is being paid more than him and bradley (laughs) a massive hypocrite oh yeah like paul Paul is scum he's scum (laughs) oh paul yeah i wonder how much input they had in this because if i was him i wouldn't be happy with saying these lines in this episode like if i was given those lines to say i'd be a bit like um do i want to present myself this way to the viewers (laughs) is this going to be my brand because it is also like it's so (laughs) unnecessary it because all you really need to do is say like hey this is weird there's discrepancy between what we're paid and what we should you know why is this let's go find out instead it's like no this is good and right (laughs) i believe uh that men should be paid more than women arbitrarily regardless of the work that they do like you don't paul you don't need to say these things oh paul so yeah before they go and see their manager john goes on his date with i've just written the woman from universal studios i don't think we ever find out her name he just calls her annie oakley doesn't he 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 calls her annie oakley but she seems to answer to it as well like (laughs) i i hope her name isn't annie oakley but she seems to be like yep cool fine you know me as annie oakley i do sort of wonder if john understands that it's an act and he's not just like wow you're really good at killing that guy (laughs) (laughs) she she tells him that well he mentions that they've been having an argument about money within the band that's such a bizarre thing to say as well like this this first date he turns up late and says sorry i'm late my band members and i were having an argument about money you're like what are you talking don't that's the worst introduction to to anything ever (laughs) and she kind of responds by saying that if if he wants to make some serious money he he should get into doing stunts and also it's bizarre and also we've already established john is the only one who doesn't need to make more money he's a the most out of everyone this that that is such an odd moment because there are so many different ways you could potentially get into this very convoluted and bad plot line but like the one thing that john doesn't need as you say is money that's the one thing he doesn't need (laughs) at this point he needs respect he needs his band to be happy he doesn't need more money oh god it's so odd and i have a theory that, that this woman is like 
earning commission from the stunt company every time she refers someone because i feel like all of her interest in john revolves around him doing this stunt like it's all she talks about with him i think they go on another date later and as soon as he sits down she's like so you're looking forward to the stunt this friday (laughs) she's so manipulative and also like there's no reason john has not proven himself to be particularly good at stunts there's nothing about john that makes him look like he might be good at stunts He's a tall guy, and he likes watching stunts <laughs> by done by other people. But he says, "I hate heights, and I hate like I don't I don't like being too close to physical danger. I don't even like being close to the TV when the wrestling is on." Very weird. Um, <laughs> I quite like that bit. He was quite sweet there. <laughs> he's he's sweet, but then like, why is she so obsessed with him doing this? What what like is? she says at one point you'd do anything for me wouldn't you and it like this is literally their first date like yeah. it's so intense oh very weird yeah she basically talks him into it by saying that it will impress her and i th- yeah i think she's definitely like a honey trap like she has to lure it's like a, a pyramid scheme where she's trying to lure these men in to becoming <laughs> stunt men and then she dumps I, and- them after Pre- presumably to their deaths i mean like there's no <laughs> because none of these guys have any ability at stunts and and the stunt that that she wants john to do is we'll talk about it later but it's ludicrous it's not it's like a, a beginner's lu- level thing. it's a ludicrously dangerous stunt and like it, oh yeah it's it's mad like <laughs> so i just i don't what's her deal what she sees guys who become infatuated with her at uh universal studios and then says, okay, I will make that man effectively fall to his death. Like, what? what's in it for her? <laughs> and there's like a running thing, isn't there, where she's got a different injury in every scene. Yeah, but they never really, like, John never points it out. And he kind of, it feels like for that to be a joke, he should probably do that. Because, like, he, he like she has like a broken arm at the one point she's like oh you know this will be really fun grab my crutches and he seems to be like yep cool you have crutches and you had a broken <laughs> arm last week at no point putting these two things together or at least not saying it you feel like he would kind of go like hey also she's a stunt actor and she as we saw during the montage she did this about like what 20 times and for some reason she manages to break her arm and break her leg like one after the other <laughs> I mean, she that logically she's out of commission now for a few months. Oh. Yeah, she's got a, a neck brace on at the end yeah. as well. Oh she's God, clearly yeah. not very good at her job. Like, so, yeah. there's something going wrong in the workplace there. Like, I want to, I want to know more about the Universal Studio. I much more than John's weird storyline. I want to know what's going on with her life at this point, where she started doing these stunts really, really well, and by the end, she gets a broken arm, a broken leg, and a neck brace. Something's gone wrong. I'm surprised they were allowed to call it Universal Studios thinking about it, because it's not really promoting it well for the people watching, yeah. is it? <laughs> it looks crap, and she's the, one of the stunt people is getting injured every day. <laughs> it does, and also, like, they can't advertise Universal Studios on, like, a, I assume they can't do it on a BBC it's show. BBC, yeah. Yeah, so they can't, surely they can't really say, hey, come to Universal. But also, as you say, it looks terrible. <laughs> I, I definitely wouldn't want to go here yeah they should have slightly changed the name (laughs) so the band at this point go and see their manager dean to ask him Mm -hmm. why they're all being paid different amounts this is where he tells them about the focus group they've got going on um and it's just as we were saying before it's absolute madness because according to this so-called focus group 
the least popular members of the band are Rachel and Hannah. I mean, Rachel Stevens, as you said at the very beginning of the podcast, she was the main member of the band that you were aware of as a child. (laughs) I I knew no one else apart from Rachel Stevens. I was like, that is Rachel Stevens, and the rest of them are sort of weird blurs. I cannot believe. See, okay, I was wondering, do you think that is because it would have been too on the nose to make Rachel the most famous one? Like it, it would have been too dangerous to to say like, oh, Rachel's obviously the best, and no one cares about the other one, Paul. Yeah, because... still, it's so it's still such a weird choice to make it that the boys are the three most popular. Oh yeah, like that aspect of it is is gross. Yeah, and it's not properly addressed because at first they're like, oh, it's sexist, and then they find out, oh no, actually, it's a focus group, so it's not, and it's like, well, yeah, it's it like, is still. It is weird because yeah, they they seem to go through this phase of just being like like empirically if a focus group says it's good then it's good and therefore the only thing you can you know you have to just accept the focus group has said this thing and it's like well yeah focus groups can be incredibly sexist and racist um yeah it's uh it's also weird to say that john the you know the white male guy is the most popular like he's just loved by everyone yeah he says uh john is by far the most popular and he he kind of puts it like an incentive he says that you can all earn as much as john when you're as popular as he is now that doesn't make (laughs) sense to me because what they because i thought it was a split yeah exactly he i think he says that later doesn't he because they all ask for spoilers at the end of the episode they all ask for equal pay and he's like oh well some of you will have to take a cut because there's only a certain amount of money to be split into seven yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, fine, good. That's how this should have worked. It's it's not it's not rocket science, Dean. This is what you should have done in the first place. Don't don't like pay your employees based on a focus group. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, he yeah, he tells them all they can all earn as much as John when they're the most popular. Seems like an empty promise. That that logically, because because they're not going to suddenly gain more money by being as in the group will gain more, gain more money, but the share is it going to be bigger? So mm-hmm. logically, they'll all earn a bit more money. There's no way that they that you know if if Rachel becomes more popular, that she'll earn the same as John. Yeah, unless yeah. John's amount goes down. <laughs> oh God, it's like infuriating! <laughs> infuriating. None of it makes any sense. Yeah, and then they at, at one point there's a very sweet bit where Hannah says Rachel's very lovable, and she says it in such a lovely way that I just it melted my heart. I I fell I fell back in love with Hannah. Hannah's great. Yeah, because the two of them are naturally quite upset, and they're yeah. kind of like, "Oh, you know, the kids would probably like us more if they really got to know us." But oh, they they're not allowed to contaminate the sample by talking <laughs> he says to that the kids. Like, like they're in quarantine. It's so funny. <laughs> like Dean is like the very mention of it seems to go like, "No, no, no contact! You'll contaminate the sample." Okay, chill out. You're not you're not like you know making the vaccine for goodness sake. We um we then get this scene where Hannah and Rachel have snuck back into the office and are <laughs> hacking into the manager's computer. Oh, and Hannah is wearing her little hacking hat. Yeah, she's also got like fingerless gloves on. I don't know if that's part of it, but it's it's a look definitely. It's, it's such she looks like she's in Oasis. It's amazing. <laughs> Cuz she said she's learned about hacking from an article in Just 17. That really made me laugh. That whole that whole bit was actually genuinely very, very funny. Because the music is very like two thousand and one hacking, isn't it? Yeah, like it, you, you, yeah, you did need that bit where it was like click, 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 click. I'm in. Like it's very <laughs> like, uh, yeah, the um, yeah, early Matrix ideas. 
Um, also, how long have they known Dean for? Uh, not long. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this is episode two, isn't it? In episode one, yeah. they met him and he became their manager. So they haven't known him long. Did did at any point in episode one did Dean refer to himself as the Dean Machine? I don't know. I was trying to remember this, and I'm not sure. Because she it's says that, it, doesn't she? Like, oh, he always refers to himself as the Dean Machine. It's like because that, that's how they they hack into their password. It's like you, there are so many things that they could have done to to set this up. Because also another weird thing about Dean is that he has loads of nicotine patches. Yeah, he's clearly trying to quit smoking. Which again, you couldn't do that now. There's no way you could have that like a like a character like basically scrounging all over his body trying to find a bit of his body that hasn't been hasn't got a nicotine patch on it but like you could have done something where like the tiny thing that you see about dean in the first scene is a clue about his password but instead he's like oh he calls himself the dean machine so that's what it was the dean machine but he we haven't seen him call himself the dean machine you're talking out your, your backside hannah and it's, it's not really hacking is it it's just guessing what someone's password <laughs> is because i could do that i'm not a hacker. you don't need an article from ju- uh, just 17 because also that that would have been the, i guess the evidence like that would have been what the uh, advice was in the just 17 article would have been <laughs> just oh, guess if, if you what know- the password is if if they if they happen to call themselves the dean machine quite a lot try the dean machine that may work <laughs> thanks just 17 so they manage to log in and they print out the details of all the focus group kids. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, then, which which I mean is a GDPR nightmare. Yeah, that's right a, it's probably illegal in some way, like especially because oh, it's I... children. Oh yeah, like I mean the the children part of it is is extremely dodgy. I mean the whole thing is very dodgy, but yeah. Oh, so weird. Yeah, at, at this point, we go we go back to the apartment and we find out the band's happiness with all the money was pretty fleeting. Bradley's annoyed because someone has stolen one of his rollerblades somehow. One, he says something like, one of his rollerblades. Yeah, is it? Like, he says something about how he, he took them off and someone just ran off with one. But then, like, why would why would you steal one rollerblade? Yeah, I don't know what the benefit of that would be. And also, we learned before that that Bradley got what five thousand dollars how expensive yeah. were these rollerblades i hope they weren't that much god yeah maybe maybe i suppose if he's only got one he's it's still two thousand five hundred dollars worth of rollerblade he's still got because he <laughs> comes back in with one rollerblade like oh grumpily that's oh, so odd. yeah and and then this is where we get the tina bit where she says that yeah. the people at the dance studio thought that she was so that she was they said she says that they're really snooty because they say she sounded like the queen <laughs> and she does a really awful like screechy impression of the queen but also she's trying to say that she doesn't sound like the queen and then she goes like do i sound like the queen it's like well, don't <laughs> do an impression of the queen don't do a bad impression of the queen then it's so bizarre and the bit as well where she they she's talking about the dance studio and i think it's paul says something like oh i thought you liked the dance studio and she says i love the building it's the people (laughs) i love the name daddy-o dance studios i love the font of the name uh comic sans the people are terrible what wasn't to like about the exterior of the dance studio (laughs) i thought it'd be fantastic Oh, poor, poor Tina. Didn't think that through. And now, 
Paul says. Oh my god, Paul's <laughs> bit. Paul's bit made me laugh so much. We've had nothing about Paul in this episode. He likes surfing, that's all we know. But oh god, you've got to say what it is because it's so funny. Paul just chips in at this point and goes, Oh, I wish I never invested my money in that internet company. It crashed this morning. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Paul? What internet company? That what the surfing internet company was that? Where you had that surf stuff? (laughs) Like, it's one of those things where you're just like they clearly had no idea what to do with Paul in this episode. Maybe maybe... they'd already forgotten that he bought a surfboard earlier. (laughs) Yeah, I I I think that they must have something that they because so far what we know about Paul this episode is that he's a sexist and he invested badly in some internet portfolio. (laughs) <laughs> that's it because yeah they they met up in the cafe earlier and he was like oh yeah i've bought a tubular surfboard it's like why didn't you think to mention that you'd invested in an internet company <laughs> as well what also uh, the, while he's saying all this as well he's holding a guitar which i don't think I've, i don't think i've ever seen a musical instrument in this show before so that was weird <laughs> as well who even are you, Paul? What are you doing? You've, you've invested in an internet company and now you're holding a guitar. Holding a guitar. Also a failed internet company. And what happened to your surfboard? Did you trade your surfboard in for the guitar? Like, <laughs> nothing connects with Paul's uh, story. Like, even if it had been like, oh, I invested in an internet company and as I was out surfing, I found out their stock had gone down and <laughs> so I crashed because I was so surprised and now my surfboard's broken. That would have made fractionally more sense. Instead, it's like two completely unrelated things going badly for him. Like, he's still got his surfboard. He's still got his tubular surfboard. I don't feel, feel sorry for Paul. He's a sexist on a surfboard. It's so confusing. We don't even, now that I think about it, I don't think we even see like the fish that Hannah bought as well. Where the hell have they gone? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, it, also, what was her problem going to be? Like, oh, my fish have died, I guess. Like <laughs> from from being too richly fed with food. I don't understand. I don't understand. It was infuriating. And then also there's a bit where like Rachel says, oh, I, I was so busy shopping. I forgot to get a date to go on this as we say (laughs) this this party that that she's going to that she apparently needs a date for and clothes for but again who is she going on this party to and then like like, who's she going with on this party and she says like oh boys can you go on the date with me and they all they all having discovered that that they earn twice as much as rachel (laughs) they're just like no absolutely not because you were (laughs) slightly rude to us earlier yeah, no, no, no shame, no feelings of guilt <laughs> there at all. What also, are you doing? It, it's Rachel Stevens, and they're all like, "Oh no, I'm what? not going as your date. You're disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone, my standards will have dropped horribly. I just don't understand. Like, what? What was? Did people think this of Rachel Stevens in 2001? Surely not. Everyone loved no. Rachel Stevens. And after this point, the party is never mentioned again. So we don't know if she goes. Did we don't she know if it's find a, success. a day? Why? Who's hosting this party? Why is she invited and none of the rest of the band are invited? We will never know. Because uh, I, again, I thought like, oh, you know, it was a, it was a cool party, so they didn't, you know, they didn't. You weren't supposed to wear like fashionable clothes, and they all thought I was a bit of big snob for coming for turning up too fancily dressed, and so I shouldn't have spent all my money on clothes. Nope, not talked about at all. There's no, there is no point back to that party. 
Oh. Yeah, and I'm not sure as well if the outfit she's wearing is the party outfit because she kind of says like, oh, I've still got my outfit and she sort of gestures at herself as if that's what she's wearing. And if it is, then I'm not a fan. It's like black trousers and a sort of bright blue halter neck top. It doesn't look like anything particularly special. And And also because we've seen her in so many different clothes, it's not as if she's had one outfit. She's had like multiple outfits. So... <laughs> She has all of those outfits still. What? I don't, uh, uh. <laughs> the fact that it's just dropped. <laughs> just dropped. Totally. They, they clearly got bored. They were like, we need a bit where Rachel's going to be wearing clothes and that's it. That's all we need. <laughs> and no, no love lost with the boys. They just don't want to go with it at all. They just sort of run off, don't they? Yeah. Which is, again, it's Rachel Stevens, guys. Come on. <sighs> just had my first sesh at the dance studio. But I thought you liked the dance studio love the building but people are awful they're really ugh, snooty and they called me a what team what did they call you is it worse than what paul called you when you said he danced like a starfish <laughs> they called me a member of the royal family <laughs> they said i sound like the queen i mean do i sound like the queen no mom made fun of me wishing i'd join this stupid dance studio i wish i never invested that money in that internet company you no know, it crashed this morning well maybe having money ain't all it cracked up to be eh yes it is i mean i've still got my new outfit so i can still go to the party all i need now is a date someone to go with come on guys <laughs> guys do you mean us she can't do yeah because if she was talking about us she probably would have said overpaid egomaniacs or something oh come on i meant that in a caring way please the party tonight i don't have time to enchant a total stranger please <laughs> please i'm so fed up hannah get out the bathroom so after that it's presumably it's the next day now we've had the world's longest day with the party at the end of it that we know nothing about it's then the next day hannah and rachel are on a mission to make the focus group like them and they're essentially skulking around outside a child's house with ice cream they they're they're hanging outside the 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 house holding these ice cream ice creams and then they they sort of go like okay here's the plan we're gonna um we're gonna (laughs) give these ice creams to these kids and then they'll like us and then they turn the corner and the kids are right there they could have clearly heard what they were saying (laughs) yeah they're sort of like sitting on the porch aren't they and hannah and rachel run you know fully just trespassing on this family's property <laughs> run up to the kids and and one of them goes would you like an ice cream <laughs> it's so creepy the police the police should have been called immediately but okay so this is what i was saying before i think one of those kids is the person that um hannah is uh going oh, the to pet the pet shop i think one of them was i thought i recognized her which, I mean, logistically makes that montage a nightmare. When does that montage happen? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is that why, Is that was that the seed planted of why Hannah is unpopular with the focus group? She, she made a bad impression with this little girl by like kidnapping her at the pet and so shop. Like, hey, look, I'm going to get a mouse and put it on my arm. They can't stop me because I got money. <laughs> <laughs> that's true actually i think it does look like quite a similar child now that i think, I think about it i think it must because otherwise there's no justification for it 
But then equally, there's no justification for it here anyway. So none of it makes sense. But I think that's the only reason I could think there would be a child in this bit, in that bit in the montage. We don't really see the interaction, do we? They just sort of that's run up to say. them, brandishing these ice creams, and, and then it cuts. And one assumes that the police were called immediately, so they would have to yeah. run away. Because <laughs> the kids accept the ice creams quite happily, don't they? They, they have like, been taught about stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, stranger danger, also people running up to you in your own like house, effectively. <laughs> Within your, the grounds of your property, that's a whole new level of stranger danger. <laughs> Just thrusting ice creams in your face. <laughs> Please like me. Because <laughs> we then we then go to the next focus group meeting, which I think Dean is playing some real mind games in this episode he, because he's so invited is. the band along to see the results come in. And he's he's like, like, we don't usually do this. It's like, come along and see all these, like, all this personal stuff that's going to be said about you, all this criticism. Yeah. He, he is, he, he's, Dean's very weird. He's a weird guy because he's still obsessed with nicotine patches even in this scene as well. Um, but he kind of like, he spends his whole time going, like, I think you'll be very interested by the results. These results are very, very interesting. And then like big, so Hannah and like Rachel are like, oh, here we go. This means we're going to get more. They sort of go like, oh, we've had some changes. Some swings have happened. And you're thinking, oh, here we go. They've, they've done well. <laughs> and he goes, and Hannah and Rachel. And uh, they go, yes. And they say, we're going to have to dock your pay. Uh, <laughs> because apparently they now find them even smarmier and more desperate. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that Dean knew what he was doing, getting their hopes up that, like that. <laughs> yeah, because he's so vague. He's like, oh, we've had some swings. Yeah. Some of the female members of the band and Hannah and Rachel are there <laughs> like, like, oh, really? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Who here could we it go. be? It is, it's like a clickbait article, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> where, where you're sort of thinking like, oh, could it be? And you click on it and you go, oh, fine. Yeah, it's even worse. Great. Uh, this whole thing with the nicotine patches as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some money on now on the fact that I don't. I bet it's not gonna come up after this episode. I don't think this is gonna be a recurring like I, character trait because I'm pretty sure it wasn't in episode one. I was gonna say I would have thought that would be the only thing that you knew about him in episode one. No, was that he loved <laughs> loved smoking and was trying to quit. This has never come up before. Oh my god! I don't think, and I'm I'm willing to bet that it won't come up again because these episodes are generally written by different people, and there isn't a lot of consistency a lot oh, of the time. Pay your script editors. Get some consistency across these episodes, guys. <laughs> come on. Yeah, I'm gonna look out for. I'm gonna look out for nicotine patches in future okay. episodes. That's good. So I, I I did quite like this bit where you know Hannah and Rachel basically get told off, and Hannah goes. Who said that? I bet it was that little creep, Todd Sisko. <laughs> <laughs> so, so pointlessly, that's so much information to to give away about. Because, like, like you couldn't, you could just go, "Oh, was it that one?" and point to them. But instead, she got like gives them like gives their name and says like, "Oh, I, I knew we couldn't get because we couldn't get them like Chunky Monkey." Was that the reason? Yeah. And, like Hannah, just stop talking. Come on. <laughs> yeah because obviously the rest of the band don't know what they've been up to and now hannah's yeah. given the game away and she mentions as well they bought one of the kids a four-week holiday <laughs> <laughs> and that's the weird kind of stumbled over line yeah. while they're walking across the road oh god and also as they're walking across the road for some reason john isn't there yeah but the thing is there's seven of them when one of them isn't there you often don't notice it's true but it, it is weird because they were all in the weren't they all in the meeting together they were weren't they i don't 
Tony, I don't actually I can't, know. I actually can't remember. But I, well, the John might not have been there either. I feel like John must have been there because he sort of... He, he and then he just sort disappear. of darted off. Yeah, and you're like, where did he go? And we find out where he goes. Oh, God, it's so dumb. Yeah, it's but before, just before we get to this bit with John, this is another moment where Paul is like, oh, we all just need to accept that certain members of the band are more indispensable <sighs> than others. And oh, then one of God. the girls is like, oh, well, only if you accept that John's more popular than you are. And he's like, oh, well, obviously that's a computer error. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Paul. Shut up, Paul. What are you doing, Paul? Like, his inconsistency. Oh, he's, he's an irritating man. He's an irritating, irritating man. <laughs> With his sex, I don't. I don't think he learns much in this episode. No, he's a. I. I can't work out. Again, you're right. I feel like the actor must have just sort of like. Surely he would have gone like, guys, can you make me just a tiny bit more likable? Just even, (laughs) just, just give me some kind of redeeming feature in this episode. And they were so insistent in this episode that the boys are more valuable than the girls. Like Joe is literally the lead singer of the band. Joe sings most of the songs. <laughs> if I was here, I'd be furious. While you guys were all out spending your money, Joe was on the beach singing that song. Unbelievable. <laughs> she's the only one talking any sense in this episode, and even then, she's being quite smug. She's so even because in, in this bit, she's so smug as well. As they're all talking about, like, oh yeah, Joe is just so like angry with all of them for even talking about money so at this point they're walking down the street and they they suddenly spot john (laughs) standing on the roof of a building and there's a film crew down below and they're all immediately like no john don't do it there's so much to live for (laughs) again like like this is a kid's show you're suddenly talking about suicide and being like yeah cool john's about to commit suicide guys (laughs) and i love how they're trying to convince him to not jump and hannah shouts up at him billy elliott's coming out on video next week (laughs) again hannah is the best one i i wouldn't be surprised if hannah improv that line that was so funny of how she thinks that's john's priority if that was the only reason for him to carry on living (laughs) then i'm worried but also yeah like would john be like well can we watch it back in the uk or do we have to get a special (laughs) american vcr to play it I'm like, I don't know. Just you know, come down and we'll talk about it. <laughs> but obviously, they realise that he's doing a stunt because apparently he has told them about it. Because Joe yeah. is like, "Oh, he's doing that stunt." Remember? So they've all just forgotten. <laughs> also, again, because if he went to the meeting, he would have had to have said, "Okay, bye, guys. I'm I'm going to go now to my stunt." And instead, yeah. they've all just gone like, oh no, John! <laughs> I want to go back now. I want to see if he was in the meeting or not, because I genuinely can't remember. I, I can't remember either. I feel like he was, but I, it, it's all a big blur. And then he's just suddenly left. Yeah, he's just gone. <laughs> Run up the stairs of this building. There's also a bit where, where Bradley like tries to convince him by saying, Britney's still not getting married. Oh, yeah. What? What? what does that mean? <laughs> Britney's still not getting married. <laughs> like, like, the, like, Britney's single would make sense, but Britney's still not getting married. Like John is, <laughs> yeah. like John is so 
it, like invested in seeing the wedding of Britney Spears that he's like, well, I can't kill myself now, otherwise I'll never see Britney get married. <laughs> that is how what it sounds like. It's just worded <laughs> in the strangest way. And John's uh, girlfriend is up on the roof with him, isn't she? Kind of encouraging him with it, with her neck brace slash waiting to collect a commission when he jumps because <laughs> she's still being all like. I think there's a bit earlier actually where she says to him, I'll respect you so much oh. after you jump off that roof. Oh my god, I forgot about that. And he says something like Oh yeah, dead dead people always got a lot of respect. So grim. I mean it's such like a it's such like a humorless line to say. And she also says at one point, almost nothing can go wrong. And then says, Hammy my crutches. <laughs> oh god it's horrible so yeah he's he's still he's still not keen is he and then we kind of we see someone jumping off the roof from a distance it's clearly not going to be john because he's having second thoughts and this person like lands in a bin and the band all think it's john so they scream and run over there and when we say person definitely a ragdoll yeah (laughs) (laughs) could not be any more clearly a ragdoll and they have like a wilhelm scream as well the um Which is just as, yeah, as this ragdoll is <laughs> thrown into a bin. Also, uh, I mean, clearly the stunt's gone wrong because they've jumped, he's jumped into a bin, right? Yeah, because it's next to a big inflatable thing, isn't it? Yeah. But that and was intended. That was apparently intended. And also, you'd fall into a bin from that height, you'd be dead. Also, if you fall into a, uh, if you fall into the crash mat from that height, I think you'd also be dead anyway. <laughs> I don't think the crash mat is going to save you from that height. It's such a high fall. It made me think of that that episode of The Office where Michael Scott's like threatening to jump off the roof <laughs> and like testing it with a watermelon, the watermelon. bouncy castle. Oh, it's so funny. It did it did feel like that because it was it it felt like no one had thought through the idea that anyone would jump jumping off here would die instantly, regardless of what's on the floor. Anything that breaks your fall would still you'd still be gone. Because yeah, the guy sort of comes out of the bin, doesn't he? And he's like, "Oh, you've ruined the shot by running over here." It's like, well, what was the big inflatable thing for if the aim was to land in the dustbin? And also the shot, like, because they they you know they run over as quickly as they can, but it still takes them what twenty seconds to run over. What is that shot? Like, what were they planning <laughs> to do after that bit? Like, we've got to have twenty seconds of complete empty <laughs> screen to make sure that I I ah. Oh again what what is this they also say like um the the when when john jumps off uh so when john doesn't jump off because he turns up afterwards as they're looking for him in the bin they're like john john what's happened to you oh no john and john turns up behind them being like oh hey guys how's it going and they all go shut up we gotta look for john in a classic (laughs) sitcom move um and he's like oh you know who jumped instead and john goes oh the stunt guy who's the stunt guy John was the stunt guy. Why is there a stunt guy for the stunt guy? Yeah, maybe it's happening all the time. Stunt people are just chickening out at the last minute and they have to have a backup one in reserve. He's like the understudy. But then why did they... The guy who is clearly a much better stunt double because he falls into a bin and is fine. Why wasn't he the first choice? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. And we find out as well that the the Annie Oakley woman has already like finished with john and is dating the other stunt man <laughs> within about five seconds how did that happen how did she do that i think i that makes me think it was a scam the whole thing's a scam and that annie oakley and the stunt guy were in on it together and somehow and okay they convinced john to get a stunt pass 
no, to get a pass at the Universal Studios. So they get a commission off of that. But then why would they want him to chicken out of the um of the stunt? No, no. You know what? No, it's not nothing, adding up. Nothing's it's not coming. Adding up. <laughs> I feel like if we if we spent like you know a good two days on this, we could crack this story, really make it make sense. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's just so confusing. Yeah, there's all these uh, threads like the party, this whole stunt thing. Just the <laughs> internet company, the yeah, the inter- I want to th- I want that backstory. I want to know what the internet company was. Do you know what we could write this genuinely? We could make a much better episode <laughs> if we just sort of have something that connects them all together. The party, the back, the uh, and the stunt, and the reason that Annie Oakley is trying to effectively kill John. <laughs> yeah, we need to see the episode from her point of view. Like it's like um, <laughs> Ka- Kaiser Soze, where she like yes! actually she actually isn't injured, and she like walks away from the date with John and takes off her neck brace. Yeah, like so slowly starts walking, and uh, you just go like, oh wow, it was her all along. But what has she gained from it? Nothing. <laughs> Maybe she was planning on killing him, and she, it hasn't worked out. So just decided to date another stunt guy instead. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure the stunt guy doesn't really look like John. He's quite big, isn't he? He's yeah. got like a beard, so it's not like so. It was a body match. Yeah, and then also like who? What is this show? Like, why do they need someone who could either look like John <laughs> or who looks like this big guy to jump off a roof with Annie Oakley? Also, what? Sorry, very quickly. When they're on the top of the roof, there is no one there. There is Annie Oakley <laughs> and John, and that is it. Yeah. There is no one there, like safety organizing. No one being like, okay, we'll strap you into a harness. It is just, hey, guy, jump off a roof for me, please. I'll pay you, surely not seven thousand dollars even though we know that you are a fabulously wealthy man as it is i mean what is going on yeah that's how, that's it... how stunts work in film they just leave <laughs> you to it they just find whoever is the the most popular member of a band uh <laughs> put him up on the top of a roof with no support and pressure him into jumping off uh with a woman <laughs> great yeah making him think he might get lucky if he jumps off the roof <laughs> afterwards all all he's getting is respect nothing else (laughs) so they're all relieved aren't they that john's okay and uh, joe being smug again is kind of like see how much money we earn isn't so important after all is it john's alive it's amazing that's not the message from this episode at all like (laughs) john didn't jump off of the like he didn't do it for money he did no. it for a girl. He had money. Like, the money thing doesn't matter at all at this point. There's, uh, Joe's just trying to take everything back to her weird point about, like, her anti-capitalist point. Yeah, Ugh. just kind of like, oh, the real the real thing is the friendship we've got together. Money doesn't yeah. matter. And I love this bit where they say that they've all forgotten why they formed the band in the first place. <laughs> and the reason is why they formed the band is to make proper music. <laughs> that's what they've lost along the way i like because they say to make proper music and then doesn't one of them say and to have fun as if like oh yeah we can't yeah and bradley bradley says something like oh and also to meet girls yeah because dean is then with a like a sort of backup focus group this is a weird scene the backup focus group at the end where dean's decided that um he had you know because originally this group was of you know made up of eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds he doesn't have any more eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds apparently he (laughs) so he gets a group made up of exclusively 30 to 40 year olds 
uh, <laughs> and is like, okay, you guys have to pretend to be eight and tell me what, if you like this band. Dean, you can find <laughs> other eight-year-olds. Yeah, what was the what was the issue there? He's and he's, he acts as well, doesn't he? As if um he's had this backup focus group like on retainer for a long time, and he's never had to deploy them before. And that they should have been really like they they must be furious with him for never being called up before. And it is like, well, if they were on retainer, just sitting around waiting to replace a bunch of eight year olds, that's a pretty sweet gig, really. I wouldn't complain if I were them because we don't really get to see what happens with them. Because pretty much as soon as he's starting the meeting the band walk in and announce to Dean that they all want to be paid equally. And he's kind of like, oh, you know, well, if we do do that, bear in mind that some of you are going to have to take a pay cut, i.e. the boys. Yeah. And Paul, the absolute audacity of Paul. The goal of Paul with this line. (laughs) To go, you see, Dean, in the S Club, all men and women are created equal. (laughs) God, You've changed Paul. your tune. You suffer you insufferable dickhead, Paul. <laughs> Awful. And all it took was for John to not jump off a roof. <laughs> and apparently that convinced them that equal pay is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> it it is funny that Paul makes this declaration while there is a 40-year-old man trying to scooter behind him, though. I will yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah paul is trying to be so sincere here like he's had a big revelation but yeah nothing's has really caused it there hasn't been any sort of um oh you know women are equal to men it's just john didn't fall off a roof and now i am not a sexist anymore and, if anything you could argue that john was going to jump off the roof because of the actions of one very conniving woman yeah so if anything paul should be like you know what <laughs> radicalized he should be like a suddenly like an mra guy being like (laughs) all women want you to do is spend money on them and make you jump off roofs for some kind of scam with stuntmen (laughs) they just lure you to to your death and john only just escaped (laughs) thanks to you know the strength of his own manliness the heartbeat of the band guys nearly jumped off a roof because of a woman oh i hate paul in this episode paul is awful (laughs) awful awful man at least he does get some redemption at the end. It does seem very hypocritical after what he's been like, but at least he does kind of get to change his tune at the very last minute. I wonder if Paul was like, oh, please, you've got to let me be the guy who says all men and women are created equal. I've had nothing else this episode, please. <laughs> yeah, Paul, Bradley and John become allies at the last minute. Yeah, at the last second. <laughs> and we get a weird final scene as well where they're all having drinks yeah. And they're all kind of like, oh, you know, we've learned that money isn't as important as friendship. But then the check arrives and they all run away apart from John. But again, this makes no sense. They've all got a drink and a fruit salad each. And, and when they, they run away, it. they've hardly even touched them. <laughs> yeah, they've all, they, the, there is, there's a full table of drinks and full table of fruit salad. And, and John has just sort of sat there going, oh, okay. And also the point of this episode was that money isn't important. And also they still have money at the end of it. They have as much money as they had before. Surely they can just split the bill. If they believe yeah. in equality that much, they can split the bill between they seven. Split- they've, they've spent the whole episode spending money. And then right at the end, they're like, oh, but not spend any more money. And also, they were they were at this cafe before, so they know how much the drinks cost. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. just a drink and a fruit salad each. It's not like they've gone all out. They, they, and this is from, you know, before they were talking about buying cars. I mean, Paul's an internet millionaire. <laughs> and he's bought a surfboard. 
Rachel's bought all of the clothes in LA. Why don't they have... Where... <sighs> I think John is the real winner at the end because he gets to have seven Cokes and seven fruit salads to himself because they've not even been touched. And he's yeah. just kind of left like... Oh, I'll pay the bill, but I do get to have seven drinks and seven <laughs> desserts to myself. So I've done, who's I've the done real well loser here. here? Yeah, like what they all they all run off in different directions, leaving John to have a nice meal. <laughs> yeah. The check right. has arrived pretty much as soon as they've taken one sip and they're like, Oh, yeah. I'm out of here. Like what what have they gained from this? Nothing. Lovely John. <laughs> maybe maybe that was the scam. Maybe there's an extended episode at the end, or like an extra scene they didn't film, where Annie Oakley comes back in and is like, aha, we got it. We got the free fruit salad. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work either, because the fruit <laughs> they would have to pay for the fruit salads as well. I can't work it out. I don't know what her deal was. It's going to stay with me forever. Yeah, my brain hurts trying to figure out <laughs> this episode. It's weird, because you'll get episodes like this, where there is so much going on, like too much, and then you'll get an episode where there's pretty much nothing going on it's like could you not have spread some of this plot out a little bit like we didn't really need the whole stunt thing in this episode that could have gone somewhere else we could have just focused on money here yeah there's there's no stunts have nothing to do with money even when they introduced (laughs) the concept of stunts like even like she when they first did that like it's when um john says like oh i sorry we were having this argument about money and she immediately just goes hey shut up about money stunts (laughs) like there's yeah. no there's no links back to stunts stunts are irrelevant. and also thinking about it the way she kind of pitches it to him as well is like oh you'll learn some serious dosh and it's like do you if you're a stunt person is that like a, compared to being in a successful pop band like which yeah. one of those jobs is the most like the biggest money earner and arguably being a stuntman will end your career being in a popular band because yeah he's not going to be doing the worm anymore yeah he's i mean he he, well he didn't but if he had fallen into that bin i don't he's never going to walk again certainly (laughs) he didn't think this through (laughs) he didn't like what oh yeah poor 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 john (laughs) so any final thoughts any other you know notes you've got that we didn't get to oh gosh i'm trying well i like the the bit at the end where they um it's a very sweet all the bloopers are very sweet aren't they i didn't yeah. i i know that they have bloopers every episode but well there was one that was just um joe walking in going when they walk into the wardrobe and, and she goes this isn't a wardrobe it's like a walk-in washing machine and i thought that was cute <laughs> that was Bless cute him. because how do you how do you get to that joe how do you get to walk-in washing machine um yeah yeah the outtakes are cute Bradley always seems to mess up his lines pretty much every week. Yeah, he seems, he seems, and everyone seems, you know, generally tolerant of him. They're all just kind of like, oh, Bradley, what oh, are you Oh, Bradley. Like? Uh, do you think they fake the the um, the bloopers? Do you think they, they have a couple of fake ones? Because I, I feel I don't like, know. I don't know how Joe got to washing machine there. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think in series one of the show, they didn't have bloopers and then they got introduced like series two onwards. So I think it is one of those things where they are a bit more sort of comfortable now. Sure. They're like mess, they're joking around a bit more. In series one, they probably didn't have any bloopers because they were all just terrified. Sure. Like, what? what is this show? Are we all going to never have a career? I mean, also. <laughs> never acted before. <laughs> I feel like every TV show and film around the you know late 90s, early noughties, if it was a comedy film, would have bloopers at the end 
yeah like liar definitely. liar had and and toy story had like the fake bloopers and yeah and like Zink shrek was a big one wasn't it i think yeah. shrek was one that kind of brought that back in the early 2000s and people were like oh my god bloopers i love bloopers so maybe they were just <laughs> trying to cash in on bloopers having a fun bloop at the end yeah it's quite sweet it is cute um so any, yeah. anything else at all uh the the only bit that really i liked was the oh no there are lots in this episode that i liked i mean there's so much i could talk about this episode for hours i think um but the the bit when they see john fall into the bin um is interesting because the girls are genuinely concerned they they, they all scream oh my god and oh, like yeah. they look horrified like they've seen their best friend die but paul and bradley look at each other like they do a kind of like a oh that's gotta hurt to look oh, they're yeah, more like oh <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you've just seen your friend jump into a bin you've surely just seen your friend die i mean you've just seen a ragdoll being thrown off a roof but like they their their attitude is definitely one of like of like a frat boy like jumping <laughs> off of like a or like a tripping over a deck chair is there kind of like the ooh that's gonna hurt it's it's so odd they're they're disparate reactions i couldn't work out what the i, I can't work out where like what their understanding of pain is <laughs> that's clearly the difference between the sexes the girls are all genuinely concerned and the two boys are like <sighs> oh dear how embarrassing for him. <laughs> how embarrassing his legs don't work anymore oh no <laughs> oh god oh and there's also a bit when he's gonna jump off um jump off the the roof uh his annie oakley says doesn't it make you excited and john says yes it's paying particular attention to my bowels right right now <laughs> what? I mean, oh dear <laughs> He's not impressing her, is he? He's not like, yeah, can I mention my bowels, please, to you? <laughs> I'm scared by, by wrestling being too close to my TV, and I might have just shit myself. <laughs> it was never going to work. It was never going to I mean, look, we, we knew this from, from the moment that she did that dive into the hay bale, and he looked like it. Like, I would say 90% of relationships that start with someone stalking you at Universal Studios don't work out. <laughs> john can never go back there now <laughs> and he's got that season pass what's he gonna do oh, with it what a oh, waste what a waste i wonder if that was the full seven thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> okay I, i'm starting to see joe's point of view now <laughs> poor john so so before we finish where can people find you on twitter and is there anything you'd like to plug uh you can find me at jackburn23 on twitter i'm usually uh making puns and being sad about politics and uh you can hopefully hear the new series of the football book club coming out on wherever you get your podcasts we read uh footballers autobiographies that have come out over the past 20 years and uh, steadily lose our minds it's great Thank you for listening to this episode of It's an S-Pod Thing. It was edited by Alex Blondek with music by William Kitchener. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to let us know that we're your number one, please subscribe and leave us a good review.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.